Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Recovery, a podcast for people who have left ministry, are thinking about leaving ministry, or just transitioning career, or shifting out of a faith community. Basically, just anyone who really wants to listen. You're welcome here. We're glad to have you. Um, <laughs> I'm Sarah Heath, and this is my co-host. Uh, Justin Gentry. And this is another one of our Sarah and Justin talk episodes, uh, which we always are like, thank you so much for listening. It shocks yeah. us sometimes that people listen to this, which it's is refreshing. not like false humility. It's just um, we're grateful, I think I would say. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're recording today on Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. Yeah. Which, which you know, is... Weighted. Well, I don't know. I don't know that anyone has unambiguous feelings about Mother's Day that are good. You know? like It's not neutral. Yeah. I think no one's just like... Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like everyone has like, you know, like it, it, it feels there's a lot to it, I think. And I think there can be, and, and Father's Day too can be like that. So I had, I, you know, all, you know, that said, I had a relatively good Mother's Day. I did keep the kids as occupied as I could. And, you know, we, we had a good time, but it was, uh, but yeah, it's still like I, I I got halfway through the day and you know because I was busy with kids and stuff and I'm like I need to call my mom and you know it's like oops and then my grandma happened to be there so like I got a two friend which is great but it's still like there's there's that there's like layers of obligation and layers of gratitude and sometimes layers of grief and layers of joy and and I know Father's Day can feel like that for me like I'm super happy to have these kids here but even celebrating them can be like, okay, it's let's just say it's Father's Day because I'm 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 a father myself. I'm not going to speak for mothers, but it's like so it's Father's Day. Like, do I spend all day with my kids or do I like leave the house and do whatever I want? Like, which oh, like yeah. what is the best way for us to celebrate this day? And, and it can be kind of hard, I think, for people to figure out like what even to do with some of these holidays, especially when you have church and religion kind of much right in on top of Well, yeah, that's what I was, um, the reason I was thinking about this and family and what does family mean and what does that look like? I super lucky, close, very close to my family. So Mother's Day doesn't really have a lot of layers as far as my family feelings about my mom. I actually think my mom's hilarious. She, I called her today and she didn't realize she'd answered the phone because she, she was talking to my brother somehow on my dad's phone, but she thought she was talking to my brother on her phone. And then she answered the phone and was like, Hi, Sarah. I'm talking to your brother. She asked it like a question. And then she, we couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, Mom, are you talking to Jonathan? She's like, I don't really know who I'm talking to. So I, I was like, I don't have time to put you in a home. Um, but we were laughing really hard because of that. 
But I spent today, because I don't live anywhere near my mom, going to brunch with a friend of mine who lost his mom this year. She passed away. And as I drove by all these churches, I started thinking about the reason that my friend couldn't, or the reason that my friend wanted to do brunch, or I invited him to brunch, is he loves church. He loves going to church all the time. And it was too painful of a Sunday for him to go, which had this moment for me where I thought, how much have we tied together like Mother's Day in the church to where someone who is a devoted member of his community felt like because he was in pain, he couldn't go. And yeah, I, I, I know what? several people that skip every Mother's Day or Father's mm-hmm. Day for various reasons. Yeah. And for me too, I, as a woman in ministry, there was always a lot of questioning about why I didn't have children. Like almost people would have been more comfortable with me having children and being like a solo mom than they were with why doesn't she, why isn't she married and why doesn't she have kids? Never mind the fact that I'm like a workaholic and that's probably like the biggest reason was that I spent most of my life with this, but it made Mother's Day very uncomfortable for me and sad for me because there was a time when I did want children and I just, I didn't have the partner to do so. And I think we have made, the way that we make family the center of the church or religious communities can create an atmosphere of feeling not enough. So I'm here and we want to celebrate these. We always called it mothering Sunday, which is really important for me as someone who really takes my job as an aunt very seriously and who has had aunts that take their job very seriously. Or the fact that like one mother's day, I had a kid youth group kid. I know I've told you this before. I'm not sure if I've said it on the show who told me, you know, like on mother's day, all of us think of you, right? Like, Oh, that's um, sweet. Like that's so you sweet. raised like, you know, at least 52 of us Like was the joke. And I think that's beautiful and wonderful. But how have we created these? How has the hallmarky things in the church merged in such a way that people feel like they can't be with their community when they're in pain? Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is going to come as a spoiler alert, but Jesus didn't celebrate Mother's Day. <laughs> And most throughout most of the church, there was not a Mother's Day, you know, right. or a Father's Day. Or a Father's Day. And I'm not coming for Mother's Day or Father's Day. I think they're really beautiful and yeah. important and to honor the people who have mothered or fathered in your, or, you know, just really mentored in your life. I think that's beautiful and awesome. I'm just wondering, how have we got it to a point where people are so in pain that they don't go to their place that should be their place of healing. Yeah. I think it's because what, this is just me pontificating. Uh, I, my, I suspect I should say, maybe that's a better way to to lead into this part of the conversation. I suspect that it's because what is celebrated in churches often is the ideal. And, you know, which is, you know, this cis couple, and there's a mother, and we celebrate her on this day. Yeah, whose ideal father, is it? Great question. And we celebrate on this day. Right. And, and, and it's also, we celebrate the mothers and fathers of young children. You know, mm. the, the people that give the Mother's Day sermon or the Father's Day sermon usually have kids that are, like, under 13, mm. you know? I have a friend, and he may listen to this podcast. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep it vague. But he has an older son that he's estranged from. 
Mm. And like, I think he, I remember him sharing one time, like, like you need someone like me doing the father's day sermon, mm. you know, not this like ideal, like, Hey, I have a kid under seven and man, my boy's great. You know, and that, that's a nice sermon. It's not a bad, but it's like when that's the only thing you get and you're not getting like, Hey, there's grief sometimes in being a father. Hey, there's grief sometimes in being a father or in mothering and father. We're not going to put it on like the biological relationship. So I think, I think it's because it's like, here's the ideal. Here's the, here's the 1950s standard. And we're going to, that's what we're going to celebrate. And if you deviate from that, then you, you don't line up. Um, but the secret is no one actually met, meets that same. Like no one does. And so I think everyone kind of misses out then when you say, this is the one way to do it. Then I think everyone actually misses out. And that's what I think creates more and more layers of trauma and grief and weirdness around these days that I don't think needs to be. Right. Like where did this ideal come from? Mm-hmm. Like the family idea. I think family is awesome, but I think there's lots of iterations of what family looks like. And I think some of our grief comes from when we make a hard and fast, this is what it needs to look like. And I think the church has influenced culture a lot. I think like, the American church with this idea that it has to look a certain way. I mean, I think, you know, Jesus, Jesus might've given the, who is my mother sermon on mother's mm-hmm. day. Like anyone who follows the will of God, and we're not sorry for traumatizing anyone who uh, listens to this, that doesn't want to talk about religion at all. But this idea of like, who is my, you know, the reality is the family that we see as a nuclear unit isn't, in the Bible. I think it's hard because as a pastor, you felt, I don't know, I felt the pressure to honor these, I'm calling them Hallmark holidays, right? Like, did you feel a pressure to do that? Oh, for sure. Um, there was definitely the, you know, the pressure to do that. And, and also like, like, especially in youth ministry, there was the pressure to like, you know, don't have any, don't do any events on Mother's Day because, you know, there might be, there might be some, you know, there might be, now I have plans on Mother's Day. And I was like, well, yeah. some, some of these kids hate their mothers. Oof. Like, you know, like some of these yeah. kids are like begging me to have an event on Mother's Day to keep them away from home. And so that's where I, sorry, it's like, yeah, you have to like, there's like these weird, like unspoken rules about them and you can't. And, so and I'm like, sure yeah, teachers feel all- a bit that way too, right? Like anyone who has to do this. And again, it's like, I don't want to. I think it's really important. And I think if I were a mother and partnered and it would be such a lovely thing to honor that, but are we honoring people who have mentored us? Are we honoring, like, I feel like we've created this standard of you're not enough unless you're doing it this way. Mm. You know, you're not enough of a mentor or a leader unless you're doing it within a family of in, in a certain situation. And I think my friends are amazing that have had children. And I think some of my friends that didn't, some of, a lot of my friends who didn't have children are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it's... Only a few of them are. <laughs> I just feel like there's, I don't know, I, as I was driving today, just thinking about the fact that such a painful situation was created for so many people this morning. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I know this is like listening to this post, 
and I think one of the biggest things people struggle with is how do I, how do I, <laughs> how do I figure out what I'm meant to participate in, what what matters in this moment when so much of even the way people celebrate Mother's Day is often like, oh, I go to church with my mom on Mother's Day, whether or not I'm a Christian or whatever it might be. Yeah. So those are just my little thoughts were like, we've created this really painful day for a lot of people. I mean, it was really lovely for a lot of people too. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to get on the anti-homework crowd, but I, I think, I think we can, ex- I think part of deconstructing and part of, you know, our journey out of ministry and is kind of reassessing what close relationships and family mean to us. Mm. And, you know, having children isn't the only way to be human. Yeah. Um, Or full, a full person. And, and, and I'm a father and I love that role and I love my kids, but that's not the only thing I am, you know, and, and, and what kind of father I will be will change as they change, you know, and, and what, and, and I don't, I don't want to get to the point where, you know, my last kid turns 18 and they leave and they do their thing. And then I'm like, well, what, what do I do now with the, you know, possibly 30 to 40 more years of life I have, you know, like if I'm lucky. So I think we kind of created this, like, this is the thing you must aspire to, but there's, there's so much more to being human. And honestly, like if we're going to do the Christian route, Jesus kind of shows us that because he never got married and had children and neither did Paul. And I think Peter, we think maybe had a wife, but I don't think he loved her. So, you know, like he doesn't really mention her in a positive way at all. So it's like, you know, Paul might've been married, but like, I also think maybe his wife was the thorn in the flesh kind of thing. I don't know. Like, so there's so many theories about that. I mean, there's not actually a lot of good Christian men in the Bible. If you think about it, Um, (laughs) not any that could like, not any that could be like the the guy that leads the. I'm trying to think. A promise keeper is breakfast. Yeah, we we had Brad Onishi on Go Home Bobby, You're Drunk, and he did. Um, he talked about Job, and he's like, Job was actually the best family man in the Bible, and God killed his entire family. Right. So, like, the Bible's really not doing well here when it comes to like our ideals. And so I think I mean, that's a good thing to deconstruct. Like our ideal of family right. is not based in that. And that, you don't have to base your life on the Bible. I think half people listening to this deconstruct a lot of that, but it's just, I think, I think even just calling that out, that there is a discrepancy here and that if you can find family, find it where you can. Well, even the family, how do I parent post deconstruction is the, one of the biggest things we hear. Like mm-hmm. how do I figure out how to structure the le- because I think there is this huge pressure of if I don't do it within the church, I'm not going to do it right. Yeah. Or I'm going to mess my kid up. You right. know, I mean, that's and or or just not knowing what to do. Like, because that that is the nice thing about the church, and that's the nice thing about being a ministry. Even it's like you have a lot of these ready-made scripts for what life is supposed to look like. Right. You know, life is supposed to look like this, and family is supposed to look like right. this. And when you're a pastor. This Sunday, you talk about mothers, you know, mm-hmm. and this other Sunday, you talk about fathers and this other Sunday, you talk about veterans or whatever, like, you know, like, you I know, mean, these ready-made odds, any of these scripts, 
that we can just easily default to. And then once you, you know, shake those off and you're in, you're, you feel free for about 45 seconds mm-hmm. of just brilliant revelation. And then you're like, well, how do now what do I do? But I still <laughs> live within the frameworks and the structures and all that kind of stuff. And like, I'll be honest, I want to honor my mom on mother's day. You know, yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know, I don't want to, it's just, I think it's helpful to at least ask the question of how did we make spaces that are so uncomfortable for people who are grieving or have awkward relationships mm-hmm. with their mom. And some spaces I think are doing a great job. Like I, I think people who try to honor all the mothers, but this, this idea of like, stand up if you've been the mom the longest, stand up if you have the most kids. Oh, like I've done that before because I thought that was a way to honor people. But then you realize like everyone else in the room, you know, it wasn't until my first appointment, I'll never forget it. It was my first appointment and it was Mother's Day and it wasn't even an appointment. That's not true. It was when I was doing my field ed. So when I was in graduate school and you went and you worked at church and I met with this woman and her husband because she had like been crying during Mother's Day. And then she shared with me like the number of uh, miscarriages she's had. Yeah. And I was just thinking it changed my trajectory towards that stuff. Cause I think I would have been more the, like, I think women are warriors and I think dudes who are good dads are incredible. Right. And not always seen the reasons and the pain in the room. Yeah. And, and that's the, like, if I can be real for a second, the, I would say it, the shitty thing about being a parent Hmm. is you can be the best parent in the world and something can still go wrong. Oh yeah. You know, best of intentions. And, and so there's, you know, like it's, it's not about skill. It's not about any of that. It's sometimes it's just dumb luck that you had a kid that didn't mesh well with you or a tragedy happened or whatever. I mean, it can be a thousand things. And, and th- yeah, and so you're that you're not gonna want to go to Mother or Father's Day, then. you know, because it's it's because it's just gonna be hard. And, yeah, and I th- I think we we have to find ways uh, to make space for that. I don't I don't know if it's all in the same. And that's the thing too. Like you're you're trying to put all the weight of every last possible iteration of anyone's life in one hour on a Sunday. Not even an hour. Like you have like you have fifteen to, to twenty five minutes yeah. if you're not. Evangelical, mm-hmm. and you forty-five minutes if you are. Yeah, forty-five minutes. You have know, a forty-five-minute sermon here to cover literally everything possible about being a mothering individual. Go. I mean, that's a tall order. I mean, a lot of people listen to this had to do that Mother's Day sermon, and no. So, yeah, I, I think I think we can make space, Sarah. I think we can. Yeah, and I. Uh, it's interesting. The more and more I. I just feel this sense that we have lost the, or some folks have lost the ability to have empathy for everything that's in the room because it is, it's difficult. And then I also have the both end because I also have the empathy for the person standing in the front who's just trying their best. Hopefully mm-hmm. I'm giving like some. Yeah. The, the person that's just like, I just didn't know, or like, you know, or even someone who's like course corrected and maybe the course corrected too far. And now mother's day is a real downer. You know, like I recognize that there's grief today, so we're all going to grieve today, right? <laughs> like, one day oh. your mother will die, 
And yeah. if you're close to her, that's going to be hard. If you're not close to her, this is more of a, a message Celebration, of hope. Celebration, you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I mean, it can't be all, and uh, gosh, it can't be all things to all people, for sure. No. That's something I think a lot of us have to learn. And I think a lot of us got into this trying to be. Like, I think about, like, the unintentional pain I've caused because I don't know everybody's story. And it's different. It's a different interaction with me than it is with so many other people. Because, like, if your hairdresser says something that offends you about your, like, about a family thing, you're not like, well, that's that's a deal breaker. You know what I mean? Or maybe it is. But yeah. whereas, like, your pastor misses a cue and that's it, you know? And don't get me wrong. Like, I saw this meme that someone was like, oh, sure. You know, you'll go to back to Starbucks and they'll forget your name a hundred times and you'll keep going back. But one pastor says one thing you don't agree with and you never try church again. And somebody wrote back, well, well Starbucks has never sexually harassed me and then hidden it or something. <laughs> it was really funny. And I think it's just exactly what you, like, we're, one time you've, you've said this to me before, like, we're not talking about the same thing. And so often we've lost the ability to like figure out, okay, well, what are we actually talking about in this moment? And so making space for both, I think is really important. Both the people who this is a day that's really fun for and the people that this is a day that really hurts. And then also Father's Day can be a very painful thing. It can be a happy thing. Truthfully, I'll be going to brunch, I'm sure, with that same friend because he lost his dad this year as well. So gosh, and we don't... I don't know. We don't create spaces for people to be like it. it it's going to happen to all of us, right? Grief of some sort. Yeah. Families let us down. And when we make it seem like families have to be this thing, then we don't have resources to say, okay, well, I can go, you know, be with the people who have mentored me or that kind of thing. And I guess church does sort of help us find that in a different way. Where Okay, so this is a great question. Where, if you aren't a church person, where do people find mentors and is it work? Is it, like, I can't imagine being in a bar and being like, hey, like, you seem to really live a life in a way that I'm really uh, curious about. Would you mentor me? <laughs> like, it feels like it's either going to be at work or, I mean, Community creation is another thing that people ask us about all the time. What do you think, Justin? Like, where does one find people to mentor you, if you will? Yeah, I mean, I think I think not calling it that is key, too. Okay. <laughs> to be like, at least at work. I, I don't know that too many folks would, like, if I was like, hey, can you mentor me? I think, it's, I think it becomes a lot more, in work settings, I think it's a lot more ad hoc. Like, hey, can you help me with X problem I have? Mm. over the course of a few weeks and you know and i actually have a fantastic supervisor and you know, he's done a very good job of just kind of like pointing me in the right direction helping develop me as a person but a lot of that in a lot of companies is just up to your supervisor mm. whether or not they're good at it yeah and because some supervisors are like you work for me i give you tasks we're done and other supervisors are like i would really like for you to get promoted so how can we help you do this? And, you know, I'm fortunate to have one of those right now, which is really great. But I think you have to find it. I think creating community, community is hard. I think especially once you've deconstructed because, you know, you you learned how to make friends with a crutch. And that crutch was church. Like, 
I mean, you go to any city, you find yourself a church, and you're probably going to have friends pretty quick. Join a small group or whatever. But when it's like, okay, I need I need to find friends in not that setting. I mean, it's like, I guess I'll go to meetup.com and give it a go. And sometimes that works out really well for folks. I'm not even making fun of that. But it's it, it feels kind of like, but like that's what you were doing in church. I guess if I can say something to people, like when you were going to church, you were going to an affinity group, I don't know, like mm-hmm. meetup or like a running club or like CrossFit gym or whatever, you know, whatever it is, a knitting circle. And you that's what you were going to. You were going to the local knitting circle and that's how you were meeting your friends. And so like, you've got to find another knitting circle and find a really cool person in that knitting circle to help you knit better. And, and that's, that's, it's, I think sometimes we make it harder because this church was so easy. Like just go to church and then suddenly like friends are falling in your lap. Um, and mentors too. Like they're like a lot of churches even have like mentoring programs. So it comes a little bit more difficult I think, to find it. Yeah. Trying world. to figure out, like, I don't know. It just does feel like, okay, we gotta figure out how to do it in a way, but other people do that never had mm-hmm. church. Yeah. Like they yeah. create spaces like that for themselves. And so, or like find a healthy church. Like today I did drive by a church that had, our mother in heaven was written and it mm-hmm. said celebrating all forms of mothering. Mm-hmm. I thought, Oh, that yeah, might be a healthy I've, place to I've go. I always found fascinating, honestly, about the church and about Jesus is like, you know, Jesus, his favorite bird was the mother hen, you know, like he longed to be like a mother hen to bring Jerusalem under his wings, like or her <laughs> wings, I guess. I was like, where are you getting that from? You and know? now I'm like, Wait, where is this going? You know, like, you know, Jesus How do you know be, what birds Jesus if, was watching? If, you know some random disciple was like, hey, Jesus, what's your favorite bird? <laughs> and Jesus was like, that's easy. The mother hen. Like, so, <laughs> I don't know. That was three folks. Yeah, you're right. There is a lot. <laughs> I can't even argue with you on that one. Yeah, you're right. I just hope. That um, was Jesus' favorite bird. And folks who are listening and are like. I think Sarah and Justin just really hate holidays that honor these things, but it's not true. Hopefully people know. I think it's not that I hate holidays. I think it's, I think I'm tired of them because I had to celebrate them on like every time. Like, like I think as a minister, you don't get to opt out mm. of any of these holidays. I mean, I, I've seen pastors try. I oh. we actually, when I, this is, this is kind of funny. So we had, a, when I was growing up, I was a kid. We had a senior pastor retire who was like beloved. He's great. He's, he's like, I, you know, still kind of from a distance, like think he's great. So they hired an interim guy who was, he's like from like, I don't know why it's important for me to say he was from New England, but I feel like it is. Um, <laughs> All um, our New England fans are like, what? You know, and like, but he like, it's because sometimes the hymns he would pick were like, like they felt like they were sea shanties, you know? <laughs> and so just like, he was not a fit. I love um, like, oh, I was like, he's from doing, he, yeah. he must like sea shanties. Yeah. Like, well, that was the sermons he would pick sometimes were like sea shanties and he got into them. Anyway. And he was like one of those, like, like 
we don't celebrate Hallmark holidays. Mm. So like we don't, I don't do a Mother's Day sermon. I don't do a Father's Day sermon. I just don't do, I opt out. You can try to do that, but people will complain. Is that how it went for him? Oh, a lot. Oh, okay. Like my my mom would be all frosty. Like she didn't get the Mother's Day sermon, you know? It's kind of like the 4th of July when I was a pastor. I did not do anything about the 4th of July other than talk about, sometimes I would talk about the badness of Christian nationalism, but all the older folks at our church would wear red, white, and blue. Yes. (laughs) Like just to be like, we're wearing red, white, and blue. Or like Veterans Day or Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, can be touchy ones too. Especially like Memorial Day falls on, you know, a Monday. So it's like, this is the weekend. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, they don't do the same with Labor Day. You know, I just oh, for all the liberal. workers? Yeah, for all the workers and all the, you know, the rioting that workers did to get you the 40-hour work week. But anyway, I, I, sorry, I did not say that disparaging. I fully approve of a riot to get us less work, of work hours. But <laughs> Let's do it again. Let me should do it again, but just I'm saying, like, that's what Labor Day was for. So, yeah, the, there's all these, like, touchy holidays, and so he just saw this guy up to do them, and there's just no end of grief for him. Like, so I think it's, yeah, we just kind of had to celebrate them in some ways. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm out, I'm like, I loved, I loved celebrating just the idea of people who stepped up to provide a yeah. mother experience, whatever that might look like. And I yeah. agree with that. And Father's Day, we did the same. I just wondering if there is a way for us to talk about family or create family in a way that yeah. helps heal some of those painful things or in a way that when, like I said, when someone is grieving, they would want to be with their community, not away. I think this is a great discussion to continue having after we have an ad break. <laughs> that sounds good. All right. So we're going to keep having this discussion after this little break. (laughs) See you in a bit. See you in a bit. Welcome back. What I'm always interested in with an ad break is a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they don't get the ads placed in. And so it's like, we're going to go to a break. And then they just come right back. So that was your experience. Yeah. Sorry about that. I mean, I guess, I don't know. If that's your experience, you kind of win the algorithm. Like the algorithm just doesn't know what to do with you. Mm-mm. And so they were like, let's just continue the show. And if you're wondering why we have ads, it's because we've shared before and it's true. Uh, we love making this show. We love getting guests. We love doing this, but it's still something that we pay for out of pocket. And although both of us are fabulously wealthy, that's not true. Because we're podcasters. Right. We still need to do ads. And um, we are so grateful for folks who I would call you our producers, those of you who are our Patreon supporters, because you really mm-hmm. do um, help make it happen in such a big way. I mean, that it is not totally coming out of Justin and I's pocket. Yep. So thank you. Um, if you're interested in joining, yeah. patreon.com slash revcover. And we've been talking about family, friends. That is a family space in that. It is. It's a space where I feel like people do a lot of the work of creating family for each other in really cool ways. And that's only going to get bigger and better. We've got some stuff coming up where meeting more regularly on Zoom, that kind of thing, creating space for helping each other get jobs, creating space for all kinds of stuff. So uh, yeah, join that, do that. All right, Justin. Yes. Now that we have decided, we've basically solved the problem of what do you do with mm-hmm. Mothering Sunday, yeah. Mother's Sunday, 
what what do you think? What is the what is the key to finding finding a happy medium? Or is it just even just being willing to talk about, hey, I know this is an awkward day for some folks? Yeah, I think naming it is important. Well, I think naming it for yourself is important. Mm. And I think that it's okay to have a complex relationship with mothering. It's okay to have a complex relationship with your mother or your father. Um, I think we're going to do another one of these problems day. So this will be the general parenting. Yeah, Uh, uh, parenting holidays. And what do you do about them? Just kidding. We'll do a part two in a couple months. I just feel like my parents are going to be listening to this like, you like mothers, you know, Sarah, you sent us cards and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, I thought you liked me. No, I do like you mother. It's just like, there's, yeah. And and I think also even having empathy for people that do like, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think twice about today very much because I, you know, I have a good relationship with my mom and I, but I also like, yeah, I realize it's hard, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think not shaming anyone and how they approach the space is important. Like if someone doesn't want to go to church, doesn't want to celebrate, someone talk about it, you know. And I think too, like pro tip, social cues. Like, and I'm going to say this as a man, so that it's not just coming from Sarah. Mm-hmm. Like, don't inquire as to a random woman that you meet why she doesn't have kids. <laughs> like, don't do it. Like. Like, first off, approach them as a full human that can, like, be a full human without children. But also, like, you don't know the story you're bumbling into, good sir or madam. Mm-mm. Like, chances are it's not small talk. Uh, yeah. And so don't do that. Don't. Don't do that. Like, the random, you got kids, like, you think that's a good opener? No, don't. Just let's, can we cut that one out? And I think you can ask it eventually. Eventually, once it becomes obvious, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know, that one just is tiresome to me. And and I've been in social situations where it's like, you know, some random, usually it's a dude, but sometimes it's another woman too, like, just ask this question. And I'm like, oh, I, this is bad. I I know this person. Um, Just don't bumble in, man. Like, and I think that that to me repairs so much. If we can just approach each other as full humans that have a full range of emotions and experiences that aren't in this locked set of things, I think we'll be able to be more curious and more empathetic. And I think it'll. I think it. We won't have to make space because there will already be space. Yeah, it's a lack of. You show up as. I I love that of being curious. I think curiosity is huge and, and just wondering why people choose to participate or don't participate in something, you know, sort of figuring out, I don't know. Yeah. Letting other people lead a conversation I think is huge when it comes to some of these spaces. Like, you know, <laughs> I, so often people tell me all these things in like the first 10 minutes. That's why I don't usually talk to people on planes, but this time I talked to someone on a plane and we had a, a great time. We ended up uh, meeting up after his conference with his friends and it was great. I just flew recently for our friend's wedding and it was wonderful and great and I had such a good time, which is by the way, no one mentioned it to us. You guys, we missed an entire episode and nobody said anything about it. And during that time, uh, maybe people, maybe they're practicing curiosity. Maybe they were. They, why, maybe they're like, Sarah and, and Justin Sarah. are going through a lot. It's none of our business. I'm not going to bug them. About right. an episode. I was at a wedding 
and my best friend graduated from college. No, he didn't. He graduated from nursing school. We got to have dinner. We did have dinner. We had dinner in real life. It was amazing. IRL. It's true. Because because you were in Columbus, mm-hmm. which which is the gayest city in the straightest state. Yeah, that's true. So I was I was at a I was at a wedding that happened to be between two men. Some folks call that a gay wedding. I just call it a wedding. Oh, true. But it is a delightful city that I love living in. Yeah, it's pretty great. I liked your little city. Except mm-hmm. there was a shooting while I was there. That was kinda weird. Well, you know, it is it is Ohio. It's going to happen. You know, it's funny because I had a, if we, if we were at the start of the episode, I would start us in this conversation. I had a meltdown at my friend's nursing graduation. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's very fitting within this conversation in some ways, because the reason I had a meltdown was I, I feel like I haven't lived up to having a passion, pursuing that passion going, you know, and I missed the feeling I felt. So he had this wonderful graduation and my two friends who are nurses came and he's worked so hard as a man in his forties to become a nurse, like so hard. And it's incredible. And I thought I had this moment where I looked around and uh, three of the people or two of the people that were there were at my ordination. And I thought I felt so much like I was heading into a known future and I had a purpose and it was so much hard work, but I could rest because I was about to hop into something and do this big thing. And now I'm, I'm redoing that, but I don't have this, like, you know, when they were talking about nursing, it was so cool, Justin, to hear people speak about something that they have that much passion about. And I miss her. I have it about coaching and coaching people. I love doing that, but there's not a lot of places where people are like, let's hear about, <laughs> let's get together and talk about that, you know? Yeah. But isn't wasn't that nursing graduation your friend's second career? Yeah. So it's it's all right. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> it, it, there can be a second and third career, and I don't know. I've got I've got another career in me. I think maybe we should normalize celebrating things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe celebrating not just like I saw this thing recently, like. Why don't we normalize celebrating when a woman starts a business on her own, but we'll have her a baby shower? Like the things we normalize as celebratory things, celebratory, that's the right way to say that word, right? Things that are normally celebrated. Yes. What if we started celebrating things? I mean, and I do with my friends and whatnot, but I think there's not a lot of places where you get celebrated for doing things in an order that seems like it's not the norm. Because, I mean, I don't know, life is hard enough. And mm. when you accomplish literally anything, we should have a party. Yeah. Like, I I feel like it's, you know, it's hard enough. And like, oh, we don't, we don't automatically celebrate that because that's not normal. Like, no, let's just stop this, you know? And I think, I think it's okay to be different. Uh, I think, and I would like to get to a place where a lot of that stuff is not like, oh, that's unique that they celebrated that. Like, no, it's just normal. Like, it's not quaint, not interesting. It's just normal that we would celebrate that this person started the business on their own. Or it's, it's normal that we celebrate that this person is starting in their 40s a new career. Well, and I think, like, it was a hard weekend for me 
because sometimes because of the Enneagram type I am, I'm a three. So we are comparison monsters, not always competitive monsters, but comparison monsters, which can be two different things where I try to line myself up in comparison to everyone around me. And I hate that about me. And so I try to do it silently, which just ends up in me crying outside and my friends wondering where I am. And then the guy whose house we're having dinner at just like showing up and be like, hey, do you want to come into this random room so you can cry in private and then your friends figure anyway all of that the the weekend was that and then now that you say it it was a second marriage for both of the fellows who were getting married their first marriage was that they were conservative christians and they married women even though they both knew they were gay they tried really really hard not to be who they are and then once they lived into their truth happy everyone around them is happy for them um their kids are happy for them. i mean it's it's mm-hmm. A neat story. And I met several couples, of course, because those are the people they know. I met several couples that that was their story. In fact, I met this man and his partner. They're raising like, I don't even know how many children because both were married to women and then realized they were gay. And one of them was talking about how, I forget what I said. It's like, oh, the children's mom. She's so great. She's got them this weekend. And she's like, he was like, the look in his eye was absolute love and admiration. And I don't know if I look surprised or whatever. He's like, oh no, my ex and I are such good friends. Like she recognizes that, you know, my life, I was trying so hard to be someone I wasn't and loves me for that. And, you know, I think he said she's got a husband now and he just loves him too. And they're like, and, and that's the thing too. So I was on this plane and I met this random human. And as we were chatting, again, we, I was delayed. He's from Ohio originally, but he was flying out of Dallas. And uh, we bonded over hockey as Canadian ladies do with people. Uh, and he was talking about his dad and him own a business together. And then by the end of the flight and time together, he was like, well, my dad is someone else. But this is the man who is married to my mom and they had my little brother together. And so I call him dad. He said, but I'm actually quite close to my dad. And my dad has always been a part of our entire family. So his biological dad celebrates and hangs out with his younger brother that has no biological relationship. And I met his younger brother who was talking about his older brother's dad. Like, oh, yeah, no, he's been a mentor in my life. Like, and I thought, can we do more of that? Can we normalize like being okay when the family structure doesn't look the way we think it's supposed to look? Mm -hmm. All that to say, I I went to a weekend where I saw a lot of people doing things out of supposed order, but in ways that were really beautiful. Yeah. And, And I think that that it can be just as good, if not better when it's a path that you've chosen, a life that you've chosen, mm-hmm. a family that you've chosen. And, and that's not to say that the family's bad and found family's better or anything like that. I mean, I think I, I want to celebrate all structures. Yeah. And however we find connection with each other mm. and whatever ways we can lift each other up and mother each other and father each other and, and parent ourselves too, by the way, or reparent ourselves. I want to call that good. Yeah. And, and I want to, I want to be more celebratory of that. And if that means like we don't have a day anymore, like that's fine. But I, I think that we do need to have occasions at least 
call out those moments where it's like, hey, this particular type of relationship is good. And you, mom, did that, or you, other person, did that for me. And that was good. And, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. And here's to maybe second chances for even if, you know, my friend always says to me, like, I'll say, I, w- I was never a mom. I always wanted, sh- and she always says, yet. And I, she's like, even if you don't have a kid, it doesn't mean you're not going to be a mom. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, so whatever this day or days, I mean, we're, this day will be over, but next week you've already had the day. Yeah. My hope is that you're being celebrated for the ways that you are positive and great in other people's lives. And if you feel like your life is out of order, Hey, welcome to the party and let's figure out a way to, uh, yeah, celebrate wherever we are. So thanks for joining us. Any last thoughts, Justin? No, I feel good. Great. Again, thanks for joining us. Next episode, we'll have someone else on it. They'll probably be as interesting as we are, if not more. Probably more. Probably. Significantly more, if we're honest. But thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to chatting to folks in the Discord if you are part of our Patreon. And reach out to us on social media, if not. And thank you for all of you who do. We really appreciate it. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you are enjoying the conversations you hear on RevCovery, you can continue the conversation with us and many more incredible people in the RevCovery room on Discord. To access our Discord, please join our Patreon to become part of the RevCovery room community. You can join for as little as $4 a month, and this helps us produce the show, as well as gives you access to the community resources. Check it out at www.patreon.com RevCovery. We know that not everyone is able to financially support the show, but there are lots of ways to support us, including giving us a five-star review wherever you're listening right now. And make sure to like and subscribe across all social media. Recovery Room is our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook handle, so you can find us there to keep the conversation going. Now on to some final thoughts and this week's poem. Friends, thanks again for sticking around for another episode of RevCovery. Another episode where Justin and I just chat with each other. It's such a gift to have time uh, to spend with him. On a personal note, guys, I want to say a huge thank you to all of you who have given me so much grace and were so great with me last month as I was incredibly sick for a month. That respiratory infection gave me a very interesting voice and I appreciate all your grace, your patience, and reaching out when I wasn't feeling so great. I know that it messed with our recording schedule and things kind of got off a little bit. So I just appreciate, um, yeah, this is the community that is building around recovery. Along those lines, the conversation that we just had about holidays that were made to sort of celebrate whether we have a complicated relationship with family or not, even though I personally don't, my parents are two of my best friends and I feel super lucky in that area. I know that for me, living far away from family has meant that I've had to create my own family in some ways. And so um, because of that, uh, I read this great quote by Bell Hooks as she talks about um, kind of the ways that we learned um, to think about family and how really family can be more than we think. So this is from Bell Hooks. Many of us learn as children that friendship should never be seen as just as important as family ties. However, friendship is the place in which a great majority of, of us have our first glimpse of redemptive love and caring community. Friends, our goal and our hope is always that recovery will be a place where we have some glimpses of redemptive love and a caring community. So thank you for being part of that. We hope to see you next week.